Welcome to Marriage Today Podcast. I'm Karen. This is my husband, Jimmy, and we're so excited to have you here. We have a lot of questions, well, two questions, and Jimmy has a great teaching that he's going to give us. We, we're going to talk about worry and anxiety on today's program, and uh, I changed my mind as we're talking about changing your thinking. And, you know, Karen, uh, our daughter, Julie, we were talking earlier the other day about worry, yeah. and she has a friend who's a worrier. And I mean, to a really unhealthy degree. And so we're talking about changing your mind about worry and anxiety and learning to trust in God and have the peace of God. We have a couple of questions here. You have a question, I think, first of all. Yes. And my husband is very insecure. He recently lost his job and has become even more self-critical. How can he turn this around? Well, for you, Karen, you're probably, you were probably the most insecure person I've ever met when we got married. You really were. Had unbelievably low self-esteem and your relationship with the Lord is what changed you. In other words, you saw yourself through the devil's eyes Mm -hmm. until you had a relationship with Jesus and began to see yourself through his eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, you just can't change this on a cognitive level. You can get into all kinds of positive thinking and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't get to the root. Mm -hmm. The root is you don't know who you are in God. When you know who you are in God, it makes you feel significant. It makes you feel special. And I would just say the your your husband needs to have a relationship with Jesus. You can you can encourage him, you can be positive toward him. It's not going to fix it until he has a relationship with the Lord that fixes it on the inside. And that Well that's how it. that's how the Lord did it for me as I started reading the word every day. And from reading the Bible every day, even though it didn't feel like it was changing me, eventually it did change me because that's what the Word of God says. It's, it, it, His Word changes us. And so what happens is it gets in your mind, and, and you're talking about the mind and worrying. And so he, we start replacing those you know, thoughts that are not good with the thoughts of what God says, and it does set you free. Hebrews 4 says the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living. It, you you read other books, the Bible reads you. And when you read the Word, it gets in you. It, it's alive. And it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it says there's no creature that can hide from its sight. And it's talking there about the thoughts within us that are our enemies, that are there. They've been implanted by the devil to destroy us. Well, the Word of God can find those thoughts and defeat them. Yeah. But we have to get the Word into us. You have a question, I think, or I have a question. I have I have made so many mistakes that it's hard to believe God really loves me. I always feel inadequate. What can I do to truly find freedom? Well, I mean, it's kind of what we just talked about is, you know, uh, the only way I found it is through God, you know, and it, like I said before, just reading his word and, you know, praying and talking to other people and, you know, finding a good Bible teacher like you and listening to it over and over, you know, and um, I grew up listening to Joyce Myers when I was really young and you know just somebody who's solid in the world word but can also give you examples yeah. of how they were set free yeah. and so and the more you do it the more it changes you yeah. you can't just be a one-time thing and nothing you think oh nothing's happening so I'm not gonna do that anymore no stick with it and you know that's what the Bible says it says seek find you know and so you keep on seeking you yeah. keep on you know looking and finding and then it, all of a sudden it becomes what you want it to be and, and the truth is, Karen, we are inadequate without Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a humanistic person wants to be a- inadequate without God. Mm-hmm. But we understand as believers, our adequacy is in Jesus. Yeah. 
the the way that the devil condemns us is to try to convince us that we're not good enough, mm-hmm. but we're not. One, well, but the whole thing too, and what she's saying is, I made mistakes. It's hard to believe God really loves me. It's not about His love because His love is solid. It's not going to change. You could be the worst sinner in the world; He's still going to love you. Sure. The whole issue is allowing yourself to be healed and and receive the forgiveness that God's already you know there to give you, and to forgive yourself maybe. That's right. Well, this program is about worry and anxiety, and I really believe that this will help you if you do struggle with fear, worry, and anxiety in this, you know, COVID world that we live in. People are, a lot of people are very anxious. So I hope that this is helpful to you because it absolutely affects your marriage and everything in your life. Listen to this message on worry and anxiety and hope it's a blessing to you. At the end of this message, I believe that you will not see worry and anxiety the same nor will you experience it the same. That's my prayer. In Romans chapter 12, this will be the theme scripture now of this series. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, don't be conformed to this world. That word, the word conformed is where we get our word schematic. It means identical in the way that they think. Paul is saying, if you're gonna live your life for God and present your body uh, as a sacrifice to God, you can't think the way the world thinks. You have to learn a new way of thinking. And it says, let your mind be transformed or, or your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there is the Greek word metamorpho where we get our word metamorphosis. The victory comes by the renewing of our mind and the renewing of our thoughts. So I wanna talk in this message. In fact, the, the next, my next three messages, this one is on worry and anxiety. The next one is on insecurity, okay? You probably have never felt insecure, but those crazy friends of yours do. And you, you need to help them out, so I'm gonna to talk to you about that. And then the last message is on fear. So we're gonna talk about worry and insecurity, or worry and anxiety, insecurity, and fear, and what the Bible has to say about that and the way that that changes the way that we think and the way that we live. So this message, of course, is on worry and anxiety, but I want to, worry, anxiety, and fear are really the same thing emotionally. They're just experienced on different levels. Worry, anxiety, and fear, they're stair steps. So fear is, and even fear is experienced in different intensities. And I say poodle to pit bull fear. You know, when you're experiencing fear, I delivered appliances in college for my uncle, and I was delivering a washer one day with a friend of mine, and we were delivering it, and I was pulling the, the, the washer through the house on a set of dollies, and he was on the other side of the washer and had this horrible look on his face. And so we put, installed the washer, and they had this little poodle in the house, and so when we got back in the truck, I said, what, what was that look on your face? He said, that poodle bit me from the time we walked in the time we walked out. <laughs> and I said, it hurt. He said, he didn't have any teeth. It just worried me, you know, so... There's poodle type of fear, but then there's pit bull fear, okay? Fear is a negative emotion caused by a real or perceived threat to our well-being. A negative, there's a threat to our well-being, so we feel this emotion. Anxiety, again, is experienced in different intensities. And I have cowboy game to company layoffs. How many of you get nervous during cowboy games? I'm, I'm the biggest cowboy fan in the world. I'll always be a cowboy fan. I can't root for any other team because I hate all of them. I've been trained since birth to hate every team but the Cowboys. They are my team. But I, I just, I'm always, amen, thank you. 
for that. But, and in my congregation in Amarillo, they torment me because anyone that is anything other than a cowboy fan wears their jerseys and jackets and hats and all that kind of just to torment me. And so we have an altar call for them to get saved in every service. But, you know, the anxiety is to be uneasy and nervous about an event, person, or problem I can't control. I'm anxious because I can't control it. I wish I could control it, but I can't. So I feel anxious about that worry, and I have weather-to-wedding kind of worry. And worry is to mentally dwell on difficulty or trouble. It just means a chronic concern. And again, this is the, the least level I'm worried, but worry can become anxiety and fear, and fear, fear can subside to anxiety and worry. So it's really the same emotion. It's just experienced on different levels, but we're commanded in Scripture not to do all three. We are commanded in Scripture not to fear, not to be anxious, and not to worry. Now, listen, listen to what I'm about to say now. God would never command us not to do something if we didn't have the ability not to do it. Right? Is that correct? Am I right? You can say amen if you agree. Okay, you agree. So God has commanded all of us not to fear, okay? The, the, by the way, the commandment do not fear or fear not is the most common commandment in the Bible. God created us to live in peace, not in fear. Let, let, me, let me make this statement, and I'll make this statement probably again in my last message. As much as you know the presence of God by peace, you know the presence of the devil by fear. God never created us to live in fear. And that's why constantly through the Bible, we are commanded, do not fear. God does not want us to live that way. And then in Philippians 4, 6, the scripture I'll read in just a little bit, the apostle Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And I'll read the entire scripture in just a minute, and we'll talk about it. Anxiety. The Bible says, be anxious for not one thing. We have the ability to live without being anxious about one thing. And you say stress, anxiety, stress. On whatever level, it is the number one reason for sickness and disease. In America today, the number one reason for prescribed medications is stress and anxiety. The number one reason for doctor's office visits is stress and anxiety. It is a killer on every level. It literally causes us to live not as long as to have a shorter lifespan. And then worry. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And Jesus also told us, by the way, that uh, we were not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow, he said, has enough problems of its own, so don't worry about tomorrow. He would never say that if we didn't have the ability now not to do that. So I grew up worrying. I grew up with fear, anxiety, and worry. I just remember as a kid, I was always worried. And I had, you know, different fears. And I didn't, I didn't act like I was worried. I, you know, I kind of carried myself in a way that I didn't, I didn't seem to be fearful about other people, but I was. I had a lot of fear and anxiety in my life. It caused physical problems, especially skin problems when I was a kid, eczema and different kind of problems that I had. One time I went to the doctor with a skin problem. Uh, I was probably about 20 or 21 years old. And when I said, doctor, I've got this skin problem right here. And the doctor said, okay, great, and left the room. And the nurse came in, and I, I just wanted a prescription. You know, I just wanted him to give me a prescription. I'd go get my prescription filled, go home happy. I got my medicine. And the nurse came in with a cassette tape player, for those of you who remember cassette tapes. And she put it on the counter and said, the doctor wants you to listen to this. 
And she pushed the play button, walked out, and it was on worry. And I, and I was so mad. I was just told, for, I didn't come here to get preached to. You know, I just want my medicine. But the problem that I had was not a physical problem. It was an emotional problem that became a physical problem. And that was the problem. I had relationship problems. I had problems with people pleasing and problems with control all at the same time. I had all kinds of problems. And so I got saved. And when I got saved, it helped. Obviously, it helped. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helped a lot. I came from the appliance business, my father's appliance business. I had never been to seminary. A year earlier, I had been in business. I'd come on as a marriage counselor and pre-marriage counselor, Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. We were members of the church. 10 months later, in June of 1983, I became the senior pastor. A year earlier, I'd been in the appliance business. Never done a funeral, never done a wedding, never led a staff, only prepared for a couple of sermons. I didn't know it. The first time I did a funeral, I had to ask the guy at the funeral home what to do. And that was pretty bad. And so I just, I, I, and I had, so when I came in the ministry, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of financial failure, anxiety about every, everything. And the church was growing. The church was doing well. But I lived in constant anxiety and fear, which put Karen and I into a position, relational problems, emotional problems. I was a distracted father, on and on and on, all because of fear, anxiety, and worry in my life at that point. And the root of all fear, anxiety, and worry is the same. It's an orphan spirit. Let me tell you something about God. He absolutely loves to be a daddy. And the context of Jesus' statement of not worrying was the context of God being our father. And the reason that I grew up with so much fear, anxiety, and worry is because I didn't know that I had a father. I didn't know somebody was taking care of me. And I did not, even though I prayed as a pastor, a young pastor, and even though I had a relationship with God, I just didn't understand how much he loves being a father. Now, let me say this. The, I, I'm a, I have two children, four grandchildren. I absolutely love being a father. And I, abs, and I love being a grandfather even more. I love being a father. I'm pappy, is what my grandkids call me. I love being pappy. And my grandchildren are never a bother to me. And what would hurt me the most is if they didn't let me pappy them. When my children or my grandchildren ask me to do something, it is one of the greatest joys of my life. God, and I'm evil compared to him. He adores you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that you're facing. And what he loves the most is to daddy us through every circumstance in our lives. And the Lord said, here's how you're going to overcome worry and anxiety. Focus on me. Consider worry and anxiety as enemies of your life that you're going to deal with every day at the beginning of the day and enjoy the people in your life and stop worrying. I've changed my mind about worry and anxiety and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. They are not normal and inevitable. They're common, but they're not normal. Jesus is normal. Everything else isn't normal. See, the reason that worry exists so often is because we just think it's normal. It's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. It doesn't have to be in our life. And it's, it's robbing us of God. It's robbing us of our family in that it distracts me from God and people. It robs me of my joy. And it exists because I allow it to exist. Listen to what I'm saying. 
Worry exists and anxiety exists because we allow it. We are in complete control of our lives. God would never command us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. So when God says, do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious, we have the power of doing it. So let me tell you how to overcome worry and anxiety and I'm done. Number one, consider them as agents of the enemy to destroy your life and to rob you of your joy. Consider worry and anxiety as enemies. Every worrisome and anxious thought, I'm gonna pray until I get victory. This is a Philippians 4 that I referred to earlier. Be anxious for nothing, not one thing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Be anxious for not one thing. So let me, let's don't be religious about this. Let's, and I don't even be spiritual about it, okay? When you wake up in the morning, don't have a prayer list. Don't have a prayer list. Have a list that says this. This is what's bothering me today. That, have you ever tried to pray and your mind wanders? You know what your mind is wandering to? What you really ought to be praying about. And you're sitting there trying to pray, but you're thinking about the guy that you hate and you have to have a meeting with him today. And your mind is wandering at this anxious thought about money or something, and you're trying to be religious and pray these nice prayers. You'll either worry, you'll either pray or you're worried. And your old worry list is your new prayer list. And all day long, rather than being able to enjoy your life and the people in your life, you're just focused on the potential liability, the potential harm that's gonna come from this situation today or sometime in the future. So you just can't ever enjoy your life and you can't ever enjoy God. And that's the problem. So let me go back through this scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Supplication means anything that helps you pray more effectively. Fasting, reading the word, worship, anything that helps you in your prayers. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does that mean? Listen to me. You say, with thanksgiving, I'm gonna let my request made known to God. That's, that means, God, thank you for all the things that you've done for me. That's not what that means. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God means, as I'm praying, I'm thanking him that he loves me, he's hearing me, and he's gonna answer my prayer. God, I thank, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you hear my prayers. I thank you for, I'm coming to you because you're my loving daddy. You know everything going on in my life and you care about it. And I'm thanking you right now that you're hearing this prayer and you're gonna answer me from heaven. And you walk through the all day long, not worrying about whether God's gonna do it. You're thanking God because you know he's the best daddy in the universe. Listen, well-fathered children are fearless children. The root of all fear, worry, and anxiety is an orphan spirit because orphans are on their own and they have to take care of their own problems. And the devil wants you to feel as though that you're on your own and you have to solve your own problems. You have the best father in the universe. Stop grieving over the father you didn't have and start rejoicing that you have the best father in the universe. He is your daddy. He loves being your daddy. And he loves helping you process anything in your life. Nothing is too small, nothing is too large. He just enjoys the ride. He just enjoys the relationship. And as we're sitting here obsessing about something, what it means is we're wasting the relationship. I'm gonna say something to you, and I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If Bill Gates was your daddy, you'd never worry about money again. Right? 
Well, your daddy can buy Bill Gates a million times over and not exhaust his pocket change. Huh? If I'm preaching good, you can say amen. amen. Thank you. Well, so with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace that passes comprehension is called dumb peace. Peace that you're either dumb or you have the peace of God. You know, the peace, and everybody's looking at you saying, what are you on? Peace. Listen, you know you've prayed enough when you get peace. The saints of old called it praying through. And they say, I'm gonna pray through this issue. And what they meant was, I'm gonna pray until I get that peace. And it says it will guard your heart and your mind, your thoughts and your feelings. The word guard there is the Greek word fruruo, and it means to guard against a military invasion. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and more prayer. Let your request go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. Thank him that he's listening. He's gonna do it. And the peace of God that passes, you, you won't even understand why you have so much peace. It will set a military guard around your mind and heart so the devil cannot penetrate it with fear, worry, and anxiety. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the best news in the world. Don't make it religious. Don't make it spiritual. Make it practical. What's eating at you? What are you worried about? What's coming against you? Hold hands with daddy and attack it. Put your eyes on God. Don't let him sit in your midst all day in control. And you're not an orphan. You're the most well-fathered person in the world. All we've got to do is believe that. And the last thing is by faith, believe and confess that God is our loving dad and he cares for us. And for some people, that might be a stretch. Maybe because of the way we were raised or circumstances in our life. But Jesus said, Matthew 6, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all things. Don't worry, don't be anxious, don't fear. You've got the best daddy in the universe and he wants to attend you and father you through your life. He's the answer to every problem. And he's your loving father. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage. And I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.